Dr. Anthony Fauci is telling Americans we might not go back to normal until 2022. Taylor Swift's music is now being used in political ads. And BuzzFeed's Stephen LeConte joins us to go through those DMs and dish out advice. The date, October 30th, 2020. The time, music clock. Hello, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. All right. Now, Casey, uh, before we dive into today's stories, uh, I want to talk about the fact that McDonald's is bringing back the McRib. And Hayes, it's re- Hayes, yes, Hayes, yes. Hayes, you know what we're supposed to talk about today, and it's not the McRib. No, no, it's not, Casey, but I don't want to talk about the real thing right now. Hayes, so... we got Hayes, we got to talk about the real thing. We talked about this. We got to do it. I know neither of us want to talk about it, but you got to do it. All right. So uh, today is, in fact, my last day co-hosting News O'Clock, and uh, I'm pretty verklempt about it. And I uh, was trying to get out of talking about it, but Casey's a little too uh, quick on the uptake there. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to talk about it either, but uh, I do think that uh, listeners, all our friends at home, would be quite confused if you just <laughs> left and never came back. <laughs> no, that would be so tragic. BRB, guys, never comes back. <laughs> I would mean, get a lot of sad emails or be like, or more confused emails. Be like, Many hey! confused emails. <laughs> so, um... Did I miss something? No, I just snuck off. I Irish goodbye into the night. Like it's a party <laughs> where I don't quite feel like saying goodbye because everyone's having too good a time. Just going to slip out the back. Bye, everyone. And I know you don't want to talk about your goodbye too much, uh, but we will be revisiting it later in the show. <laughs> Heads up. Heads up. We've got some stuff for you. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> but <laughs> my feelings. OK, fine. All right. Just going to power through this right now then and. We'll come to that later. Okay, so time for today's top stories. Here's what you need to know. Dr. Anthony Fauci is still spitting truths on where America really stands when it comes to COVID-19. So let's start here. COVID cases in the U.S. have now crossed 90,000 new infections in a single day, and it's the worst surge we've had since the pandemic started. So what did Dr. Fauci have to say about all this? You're not going to like it. If we get a vaccination campaign and by the second or third quarter of 2021, we have vaccinated a substantial proportion of the people, I think it will be easily by the end of 2021 and perhaps even into the next year before we start having some semblances of normality. This surge, by the way, is happening in over 40 states, and the U.S. has now hit the grim milestone of 9 million total cases. In the words of Game of Thrones, winter is coming and it could be a bad one. Meanwhile, Minnesota's elected officials are urging citizens who still need to return absentee ballots not to mail them because there's a chance they won't be counted. On Thursday, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in a 2-1 decision that ballots received after November 3rd must be set aside until another dispute is resolved, and those votes could be invalidated. Minnesota's original rule, which was printed on information sent to voters, stipulated that ballots postmarked by Election Day would be counted up to seven days later. Senator Amy Klobuchar explained what Minnesotans could do to ensure their votes were counted given the current ruling. They can do it two ways, three ways, really. They can bring their mail-in ballot to a drop-off box. They can find out where it is at IWillVote.com. Where? The other way they can vote that they're very used to in Minnesota, highest voter turnout in the country, they can go vote early. Um, Very easy to vote early in Minnesota over the next few days. Even if they have a mail-in ballot? 
Yes. They okay. can go in there. They can tell them, hey, I got one, but I'm not using it. Um, they can't vote twice, Then, the, despite what the president says. Then the very last thing, the last way they can vote is on Election Day that they're used to doing as well. We have safe voting in Minnesota. Minnesota Secretary of State Steve Simon said that there are approximately 399,000 outstanding absentee ballots that have not been returned yet. So if you're from Minnesota, we cannot stress this enough, make a plan to get that ballot in. And finally, the Trump administration is rolling back federal protections on Alaska's Tongass National Forest. In one of the most sweeping rollbacks to forest protection, it will be legal for logging companies to build roads and cut and remove timber from around 9.3 million acres of the national forest. The forest is home to centuries-old redwood trees, the most brown bears in any state, and a salmon reserve. Alaska's governor and senators say the move would help Alaska's economy, specifically their logging and timber industry, expand without harming the environment. But environmentalists say that's not true. But the thing that is also special about the Tongass is that it is one of the world's largest carbon sinks. Um, all of that old growth forest, the, those 400, 500 year old trees have been absorbing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere for hundreds of years. And so um, environmentalists say that the impact of cutting down those particular trees could could release um, the equivalent of putting as many as 10 million new cars on the road, the, the CO2 pollution equivalent. And so that's, you know, that is something that, that has an impact um, on the planet far beyond the, the reaches just of this one forest in Alaska. This rollback would go into effect in 30 days. So this is yet another issue that is on the ballot for the presidential election. I love new issues. Yeah, <laughs> They just keep coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> I was hoping you'd pick up the song for me. From I know. I, 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 I'm sorry I didn't knock that one down. <laughs> My bad. You. I'll Thank get you. up again. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, the Minnesota ballot, that is truly wild. I mean, not everyone, not everyone's going to see these updates. They're just not going to. They're going to trust what's printed in front of them. Right. It's on their fridge. They're like, oh, okay, got to make sure it's in by election day. But as long as it's postmarked, I'm good. Not the case. So, yeah, uh, so many people who are election uh, experts were just baffled that they would make this ruling this close to the election. It just throws so much into chaos in a state where uh, it's seen as a must win for both sides. Like if Trump wins it, that's one more avenue to victory for him versus, you know, Biden, if he gets it and the rest of those upper Midwest states and Pennsylvania, it's a lock. So, yeah, this is so wild. All right. So, Casey, what is up in the world of entertainment before we head into Halloween and the weekend? Well, for the first time ever, Taylor Swift has allowed her music to be used in a political ad. Released this morning by The Remedy Pack, it features her song Only the Young mashed up against images from the last four years of the Trump administration. And the lyrics feel pretty poignant right now. Why are so many powerful people trying to make it so difficult for us to vote? It keeps me awake, the look on your face, the moment you heard the news. You're screaming inside and frozen inside, you did all that you could do. And the big bad man and his big bad plan, their hands are stained with red. Oh, how quickly they forget. Meanwhile, Kiki Palmer released her own musical PSA as well. Titled Actually Vote, the video is full of celebrity cameos and was co-written by singer-songwriter Phineas, who you may also know as Billie Eilish's brother. 
People like to talk that big talk. Young people are the biggest voting block. You can only make a change if you check that damn box. We can win by a landslide. We got power and numbers. Just show up and you're gonna be the goal if you actually vote. Don't just stand on the side. The video features appearances by Alana Glazer, Bella Thorne, Julia Louis Dreyfus, and Julianne Moore. I gotta say, uh, A, it's fascinating that Taylor has, like, really just stepped up her level, like, political engagement in the last four years compared to where she was in 2016. So amazing. And B, that song from Kiki Palmer, that, I feel like Kiki has done something amazing there because those lyrics could be corny as hell. Yes, they could just 100%. be the most cornball of things. Like you, the sort of thing that you would have presented to you to sing when you're in elementary school. <laughs> where just, I, I have a very specific like ni- ni- late 90s image in my head. Once again, Jack Black, now Kiki Palmer, have somehow, <laughs> they figured out how not to do Imagine. <laughs> they, other people are figuring it out. <laughs> people had to see Imagine first so that we could imagine <laughs> Okay. A better world. Okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, I'm moving on. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, Ariana Grande released her new album at midnight, and the general consensus is um, yes. I've been drinking coffee. I've been drinking coffee. I've been eating healthy. I've been eating healthy. No one keeps squeaky. Just, you know, a lot of dick puns in there. The album's only been out for a few hours, so the Ariana stands haven't had enough time to pick out which lyrics they think are about which ex, but I'm sure we'll be hearing lots of theories in the coming days. Also, can we talk about how this is Ariana's third album in three years, which is honestly just crazy. Super bonkers. Like, I know she is seems like the kind of person who what she does is she hangs out at home. Or she's recording music. There is like no in between. There's no like going out and hanging out, even like in non-pandemic times. That's just what she's doing. She's either in the studio or just bumming around. And and the result is three albums in three years. Yes. Also, I want to be like a middle schooler right now. And her album's called Positions. And if you add 34 to 35, that is 69. I just want everyone to hear that from my mouth. Oh, yeah. She makes that very clear at the end of the track, too, in case you missed that throughout. It, it. Ah, man. I got to say, though, my fiance showed me the reviews for the album on Metacritic so far. There are only eight up so far. Six of them were mixed reviews. And if anyone out there is involved in you know, media criticism or in, in this space, I have a request, which is maybe... Don't let your older white mm-hmm. men music reviewers mm-hmm. review this album. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot that they're going to be missing out on. Yeah, truly. Uh, I think that's good advice all around for all critics. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we've got Stephen Leconte talking about the DMs you have all sent him. Stay right there. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from She Fit. 
Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I always wanted to know what it felt like to kill somebody. And he started laughing. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant, picking up these girls, getting them in a position of vulnerability. When he got a hold of their neck, that was it. I'm Carolyn Osorio, a journalist and lifelong resident of the Pacific Northwest. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. How many times did you bring the camera to one the river? Time. Just one time. One time. He started fantasizing about having sex with his mother. Then he fantasized about killing her. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. She was just, to all of us, kind of strange. You know how he feels about prostitutes? Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of The Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues, and yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes, too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here, and there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Joining us again today is BuzzFeed writer and expert advice giver, Stephen LeConte. If you haven't heard him on our show before, here's the deal. Stephen keeps his DMs open on Twitter and Instagram all the time, so anyone can ask him for help with their problems. He's back on the show again to give some advice to our listeners. Welcome back, Stephen. Thanks for having me back, y'all. I missed you, as always. All right, Stephen, we're just going to dive right in. First up, someone asking for advice about expanding their family. She says she and her husband have been dealing with infertility for several years now and have decided to go to the foster care adoption route. Her family is supportive, but they haven't said anything to his yet because they're against adoption. She says she doesn't know when the right time is to tell her husband's family, but she doesn't want to just show up with a kid out of the blue. So, Stephen, what do you think? I mean, geez, I honestly can't even begin to fathom what it means to be against adoption. And I wonder what exactly these people think should happen to like kids and babies who don't have homes. It's very bizarre. That fact coupled with the fact that you're only even considering adoption after struggling with infertility for four years, which must have been a very difficult, painful experience. And it's hard to fathom how anyone could be anything but 100% supportive, happy and excited for you right now. I mean, like, I'm excited for you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Here's the deal. I think realistically, you need to tell your family about your plans, right? If you want to keep having them in your lives, they're going to find out eventually. But I think my question right now is, do you want to continue having these people in your lives? I know you already know this, but when you adopt a kid, that kid needs to be your first priority. You need to do everything you can to protect them, to love them, to give them a sense of belonging in your home. And I worry what would happen to this kid and her sense of self if she's exposed to family members who, for whatever reason, thinks she doesn't belong at their table. This is all to say that, unfortunately, I think you have some really difficult choices ahead about whether or not to include your husband's side of the family in your child's life moving forward. Maybe it's a situation where grandma and grandpa will have a total change of heart after meeting the baby, but maybe it's not. So I just want to flag that this is something you'll need to be really careful and cautious about to protect your kid. But to answer your more immediate question about whether to tell them about your adoption plans, 
My answer is yes, but have your husband take the lead on it. It's his side of the family, and I'd pay really close attention to the reaction. I think you'll learn a lot about what you should do next based on how they react to the news. Yeah, that's a really fair way to put it. Like, I can see a family being really pushy in the sense that uh, we want our genes to continue. We want to make sure that the family goes on, yada, 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 yada. But that's so outdated a way of thinking. So I can see it that being a reason why they would have this pushback. It's just not a very good reason. Yeah. And I really liked what you said about you don't want like their child to feel othered Mm -hmm. by their own family, like right out of the gate. You know, that's like something that will genuinely impact them for the rest of their lives. So that is something you do want to protect them first. Yeah, it's hard to know whether this is just like an initial impulse they have of like, oh, we want the kids to be like biologically ours or whatever, or if it's like a bigger picture thing where like even when the kids in their lives, they'll treat the kids less than the other grandkids or whatever. I just think you have to be extremely careful about if you decide to let that kid around their extended family. All right, moving on, we have someone who is nervous about her boyfriend's relationship with a female colleague. She says the colleague has feelings for her boyfriend, but that her boyfriend has told her he only views this person as a friend. Complicating the situation is the fact that she says her boyfriend can come off as flirtatious, even if it's unintentional. The boyfriend and his colleague continue to spend time together. She doesn't know what to do. Steven, help her out. Okay. My first question here is how do you know that this woman has feelings for your boyfriend? Like, did she tell him that directly? Because I have to say, if she flat out told your boyfriend that she has feelings for him, then I honestly think it's pretty disrespectful and inappropriate for him to continue a friendship with her. Obviously his job is his job and his job is important. And he does need to be able to work uh, with this woman in a manner that is respectful, kind, professional. But the fact that he continues a friendship with her outside the workplace and that you suspect he might come off as flirty with her, I can understand why that bothers you. He's not drawing a clear boundary with this coworker right now, and he needs to. He needs to draw that boundary for your sake, yes. But guess what? He also needs to draw that boundary for the coworker's sake, right? Because I'm guessing there's a part of her that is invested in this friendship because she hopes on some level it might eventually turn into something more. And I think she deserves a respectful but firm message that that's not going to happen. So I think you need to ask your boyfriend to draw that boundary now. And if he refuses, then I think you need to ask yourself why he won't do it. Well, dang, that's, Ooh, yeah, that sounds man, about right. You're so good. You're so good at giving <laughs> advice. Okay, <laughs> but, okay, you did start this off as saying, like, how do you know? Now, what do we do if she just thinks the coworker has feelings for him? Yeah, well, you know, she stated it as such fact and then was like, but my boyfriend says he doesn't have feelings back. So I kind of think for some reason she knows it's not. But if it is just a feeling, then I think you probably just have more unpacking to do with the boyfriend about like, what behaviors is she exhibiting that makes you feel that way? Like, is she doing anything that's inappropriate that's making her feel like there's feelings involved? Yeah, if she doesn't know for sure, then I think that she's just identifying some sort of a behavior that's inappropriate. And at that point, I would just unpack with the boyfriend, like, what's your course of action to deal with it? Right. As someone who is extremely friendly, extremely outgoing, I I feel for the boyfriend who (laughs) comes across as flirty sometimes. (laughs) But yeah, if he's not putting out those boundaries, then he basically is keeping her on the hook. If this coworker doesn't know for sure that this is just like how he talks to everyone, then yeah, he needs to make that very clear to her. Yeah. Draw the line respectfully, but firmly. You don't have to be rude about it, but you do Mm -hmm. have to say like, we're coworkers. We're going to work together on these projects, but like, you know, we're not going to hang out. We're not going to get drinks. I have a Mm -hmm. girlfriend. It's not appropriate. Okay. 
Finally, we have someone who says her boyfriend's quarantine grooming habits, or lack thereof, are impacting their relationship. She loves her boyfriend. She finds him very attractive. But he has grown a beard that she hates. His hair is long and tangled. He's wearing ratty and ill-fitting clothes and isn't showering enough. She's hesitant to ask him to change because she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. He is aware, at least, that she hates the beard, but says he's too lazy to shave it off. What should she do, Stephen? Well, the first thing I want to call out here is that like poor hygiene habits and more broadly neglecting self-care in general can actually be a pretty common symptom of a mental health issue like depression. And especially given everything going on in the world right now, I think the first thing you should do here is just check in on your boyfriend's mental health and make sure he's okay. And if he's not okay together, maybe you can connect him with a therapist, uh, probably a virtual one, so he can get some help. That's the first order of business. But let's assume, just for the sake of argument, that your boyfriend is totally fine mental health-wise and his poor hygiene is just like a bad habit that he can't seem to kick. In that case, I think you are totally within your rights to talk to him about this and ask him to make a real effort to improve his self-care. You share close spaces with this man. You go out on dates with him. You have sex with him. And it's perfectly reasonable for you to ask him to take some baseline measures so that you aren't like actively repulsed when you're around him. And it's not just for your sake, it's for his sake too. He shouldn't be going out in the world with ratty clothes, tangled hair, and BO. That can cost him job opportunities. It can lead to embarrassing situations with friends. I think you would legitimately be doing him a service to just push him a little bit on this front, nicely, respectfully, but directly. As for the quarantine beard, I think there's some sort of reasonable compromise to be made there. Beards can be totally hygienic and attractive when groomed properly. I don't think you should force him to shave it all together, but he should learn how to like properly maintain and trim a beard if he's going to have one. Ultimately, I think the big takeaway here, our partners in life should always encourage us to be our best versions of ourselves. And I think you'd be helping him do that by addressing this just respectfully, but directly totally agree like i foresee a shaving grooming kit gifted to him in the near future (laughs) with some nice like beard wash and beard oil make that sucker silky and delightful (laughs) i like that i like that and honestly that's not a bad idea for a solution i would just say if you're gonna give him the gift don't do it like in a passive aggressive way i think you should actually tell him like i think your beard is gross and we're gonna use this to make it less gross Um, and don't make it like a birthday present or something make it like a bonus present on a normal day. Mm, that would be my advice yes. for that. I also was thinking about the facial hair. I feel like a lot of people with beards and facial hair during the pandemic have been experimenting. So mm-hmm. it also could be a level of that. I get like a text from my friend every other day of her boyfriend that's just like, today he has a 90s bowl cut. Oh, look at his biker <laughs> mustache. And it's just like different parts. Like it, it's a coping mechanism, I would say. I don't think either of them wants him to go outside with the way he looks, but inside it's how he's dealing <laughs> Absolutely. And experimenting with your look in quarantine, it's honestly a totally valid thing to do. But I think anyone who's like a true beard fanatic will tell you like, you know, having a good beard requires Mm -hmm. some effort. There's like stuff Mm -hmm. you have to do. And it sounds like he maybe hasn't figured that out yet. So uh, this (laughs) is now the opportunity. I've shaved off my entire beard once in college and it still took me like a long time to figure out how to properly care for it. So I feel this deeply. I'm glad you brought up mental health right away because that's what it sounded like initially to me here. Like, I hope that he gets the help that he needs if he does need it. As far as like the ratty, ill-fitting clothes and tangled hair, I don't know. I mean, if you're bumming around a lot and wearing sweatpants, etc. Say I'm the boyfriend, Steven, and you are her, you are the writer. 
How would you approach him about the hair in particular? Like, how, what would you say? How would you start that conversation? I think, like, let's assume that they've been dating for, like, a, a while now. It's going to be uncomfortable, but it's always better to just say it directly rather than passive-aggressively. I think if my boyfriend's hair was, like, a tangled mess, I would just say, like, what, like, shampoo and conditioner do you use? Because you have nice hair. You just, like, it's not totally properly being combed yet. And I think I would just tell him. Perfect. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us again. As ever, it has been a delight and your wisdom, I feel refreshed. Hayes, thank you so much. I'm going to miss you around here. Call me anytime you need advice. Oh, <laughs> I will. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> All right, we have time for one more thing, and that thing is that it is Hayes Brown's last day with us on News O'Clock. We are going to give him a proper send-off in a bit, but first, we're so happy to introduce the one and only Zach Stafford. He will be joining us from here on out. Oh my God. Hi, everyone. And this is such a sad day. Like, I'm so excited to be here, but I know Hayes. I knew Hayes when he helped create this podcast. I remember when Casey came aboard, and I've been cheering you all along from the sidelines. But to see Hayes goes is like really sad. I'm going to try and get through this now. So, uh, listeners, you guys may remember Zach from BuzzFeed's Twitter show, AM to DM. Zach, what have you been up to these last few months? You know, trying to survive the pandemic has really been priority. Um, you know, AM to DM did stop production due to the world falling apart. Um, and in that time, you know, I've still been hanging around BuzzFeed. I've been helping relaunch our LGBTQ vertical. I've been working on other projects with the teams across the company because I just can't get enough of BuzzFeed. And, you know, I took a little break and I drove cross country over three weeks to Los Angeles. I came back to LA um, to live here and I decided to come like try to fill the big shoes of Hayes Brown after this. So, you know, that's what's, what I've been up to. How are you guys doing? What's going on? What's the tea? Hayes, how are you feeling? What's What are you doing next? So I am currently at MSNBC a daily. I'm going to be writing for their website every day, writing, you know, opinion pieces, analysis, that sort of thing about the news of the day. I'm going to be helping edit a great set of columnists going on TV from time to time. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing for the next, you know, however long. <laughs> it's so I'm so impressed by your how prolific you are in the news space, especially globally. And that I like it's such a treat for MSNBC and the NBC family to be having you is such a loss for all of us here at BuzzFeed because you are really just like one of a kind as everyone's gotten to know on the show. So I just am really, really excited for you as you keep keep blazing these trails, girl. Keep blazing them. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. I, I've been at BuzzFeed for I, I, six years, six years, 2014. Yeah, six years. Uh, I have been at BuzzFeed and it feels really weird to... I technically moved to MSNBC a few weeks ago. Sorry to not let you guys in on that before now, but yeah, this will be the last like cord snipped with Buzzfeed and it's like really setting in and hitting me how real it is. Oh, oh. well, I, it's going to be amazing. You know, NBC is like a really powerful, amazing platform. And also on AM to DM, I used to joke with you that you were like our angel of death. Like you always came on the show to tell us like all the, like what was going on <laughs> in the world and like that yep. we were going to be okay. So like, I'm excited for NBC to have their own <laughs> angel of death. <laughs> it's a role that I relish slash dread having, you know, like I'm just here to tell you the best version of how shitty things are. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah, you're so good at it, though. So, like, lean in. Lean in. This is the brand. <laughs> 
All right. And Casey, what are you up to these days? I know we spoke a few weeks ago, but like, how have you been holding it down out here in LA? Um, You know what? Uh, Concerning Hayes leaving, I'm in deep, deep denial. Uh, So I'm going to, I picture that I'm going to be like texting Hayes at all hours of the night, sending him news stories. And then he's going to text back and he's going to go, Hey bud, you remember how we talked about last week that I don't work at Buzzfeed anymore. Uh, (laughs) And and then I'm, and then I'm going to have to relive it every time. But no, No. I'm I'm so excited for Hayes because you're right. Prolific is the word to use for Hayes. And I am so excited to see what he does out there in the world. And thankfully, I get to still see him every day on Twitter.com, the garbage site. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Can't pry me away from that hell experience. I will be there until it is deleted or we all die. One of the two. <laughs> okay. So normally this is where we'd end the show and tell you what we have coming up next week. But since this is Hayes' very last day with us, we wanted to do something a little special to celebrate everything he's done on this podcast and on impeachment today before this. With this, we honor his wit, his humor, and of course, his puns and PSAs. Oh gosh. All right, it is time for this fucking guy. And remember, and remember this fucking thing. And remember this fucking guy. And remember this fucking thing. And remember, any week can be motherfucking shark week if you believe hard enough. Gender is a construct, fires are real. Don't burn down your neighborhood for a construct. These fucking things brought to you by you. If a friend invites you to a party this weekend, A, congrats on having friends, and B, don't go. Stay home. Don't do it. It's a trap. We present a visit from Adam Schiff. Nothing says we're just normal people having a normal celebration like a Long Island tenor singing the Ave Maria to you and your family. The show is not sponsored by the fine people at Birkenstocks, but it could be. Give us a call. This fucking guy. And remember... You're never too old to learn how to TikTok. You definitely can be too old to be good at it. And remember, uh, if you really just need to cry a day, just go listen to some Dolly Parton, man. It worked for us. It'll work for you. And remember, Dolly Parton wrote Jolene, and I will always love you in one day. You can do the least and wear a mask outside this weekend. Um, verklempt <laughs> is the easiest way I can put it right now. Um, I really appreciate that. Thank you guys for putting up with me for this. Like, it's been basically a year of doing this podcast and impeachment today. And honestly, the hardest part about not doing it is not being able to do it with you people every day. Um, I... When BuzzFeed said to me, hey, do you want to start up doing a podcast about impeachment? Um, I said yes, but I had no idea what it would turn into. Um, It's been amazing, exhausting, and I know that I would not have been able to do it without the people around me who have helped make these shows into something amazing. I know for a fact that even though I'm leaving, the show is in very good hands, that it will keep going and keep being entertaining, keep being informative and keep giving the people what they not just want, but what they need right now. And I, I just want to say that I am so proud of everyone who works on this show 
for putting their all into it the way that they have. This could have been just something that people took as like a side gig, a, a hobby or something that's just for laughs, but because of the effort and the and and the professionalism and the desire to make something that will actually help people these shows have been truly amazing and i i don't know if i'm ever going to experience it in quite the same way again and yeah i'm really going to miss you guys we're going to miss you too and i just want to say i don't think that I have ever met someone so genuinely special in a long ass while. You have a magical mind and I never want to know how it works because it's better as a mystery that constantly surprises me and makes me laugh. It has been a true privilege to get through this pandemic with you. I mean, likewise, Casey, there's no one I would have rather done this with besides you. And um, now I'm really glad the audience can see me starting to cry. I'm glad this is audio only. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll give you a chance to cry right after this. Uh, folks, that's it for today. Join us Monday for a discussion with Dr. David Langer to talk about the docuseries Lennox Hill and the effects COVID-19 has had on the healthcare system. And remember, say thanks to your friends today. Look out for them. They'll look out for you. And we might just actually get through the rest of this year together. News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, Julia Karen, Rosemary Minkler, and Erica Nedanine. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mangesha Tikiter, Samantha Hinnick, Patrick McMiniman, Tommy Wesley, and a very, very special thank you to Deirdre Hancock. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Peacock streaming new movies every week at PeacockTV.com. We'll have the biggest movies from the Twilight Saga to Selma and Bad Boys 1 and 2. Bad Boys for life. All your favorite movies like Die Hard, The Matrix Trilogy, and Good Will Hunting. That's the good stuff. Plus, movies the whole family will love. How to Train Your Dragon, the Harry Potter film series, Brilliant. and Shrek 1 and 2. It's so good to be home. With tons of blockbuster hits, you can't not watch. Sign up at PeacockTV.com. Have you ever felt depressed about work, only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job, and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant, and I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy, so that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could. At Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. Look through your children's eyes and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.